Good morning, church family. Lots of awesome Mother's Day questions, outfits. Eric Johnson dressed up. That's cool. Uh, you might not know him. I'll introduce him after service. Uh, some of my favorites was just hearing, what did you get, Mom? And dandelions was good. Uh, some of you are just here. That's what you did for your mom. And guess what? Uh, way to honor your mom and be here. So good job. Uh, that's why I'm here. So, no, it's not. I work here. Okay. <laughs> Come on, you guys. Let's roll. All right. Uh, if you don't know, I'm the associate pastor, if you're a guest with us. And our senior pastors on sabbatical were on 13 of 90. So, <laughs> just letting you know who's counting. Um, just me, apparently. <laughs> And I get an awesome opportunity to share the word with you, uh, just what God is putting on my heart. And I felt like 8 o'clock, um, I, I do this at 8 o'clock and then at 10.15, but 8 o'clock I felt so restricted that I, I forgot to just, well, I had a tie on, that's one. So the other part of that is, as I go down this message and what God has put on my heart, I want you to know I've done it all wrong. I'm not up here because I'm a perfect example by any means. I'm up here because we have a perfect God. And when you have a broken heart, a broken way of life, sin, in your mind, in your heart, any part of that, we have a great healer. And so I'm here to share about him but I don't want you to feel like I'm preaching at you as God is actually preaching at me. So I felt restricted because I didn't share that part of God's healing power that no matter where you find yourself today, run to him. We need him. All right, so let's stand. Let's read Luke chapter 8. Just a short few verses here on appropriate Mother's Day. If you have your pew or your chair Bible, there's no more pews. Unless you're the smeller. Okay, here we go. Uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 19, page 1028 says, Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he, which is Jesus, answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your truth. Lord, we thank you that you are exactly everything that we need. From the breaking to the binding to the mending to the healing. Bring every aspect, because you are an amazing God. And you know what each heart needs, you know what each heart is longing for, and Lord, every fulfillment of every heart is you. We love you. We thank you for meeting us right where we are. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So in Luke chapter 8 here, we have uh, Jesus... He is healing people, he is casting out demons, he's just so enthronged by people that they're crowding in on him, and you can just imagine the picture as he's standing there in a house, in a place, 
Nobody can really get into him. It is so crowded. And so here comes his mother and his brothers. And yes, this is stepbrothers because God uh, was the father of Jesus. All right. There was no male there. So Mary and Joseph had other children. These are his stepbrothers. So Mary and his brothers come and they want to see him. Now, let me ask you this. If you were in a crowd of people and your mommy wants to see you, do you think she gets to pass? Like, do you think anybody would, oh, you're his mom, come on in. Don't you? Anybody? Okay. Yeah, no, that doesn't happen. They're like, yeah, we'll send a message up to him, okay? Just wait there. We all want to get to him. And just think of, uh, think of his mom. Like, I brought you into this world, son. You better let me get in there, right? I mean, your mom has access to your life, right? And and the backdrop that messes with this is it's in Mark chapter 3 that his mother and brothers had heard that he was out of his mind, okay? So Jesus' mother, Mary, and mainly brothers are coming to her, and they're like, have you heard Jesus? Like, the priests are calling him Beelzebub, which is the devil. They're calling him the, all kinds of crazy things. We need to go to him, and it says in Mark chapter 3, they need to lay their hands on him. They need to seize him. Like, whoa, hey, do you know that you're off the rails? Okay? So they want to go, and they want to put hands on him. Do you think Jesus knows this? Yeah, absolutely. And so he responds, not with something rude to his mom. He responds because he's preaching, he's teaching, and he's sharing the word of God and healing people. This is why he's sent. This is why he came, to be the savior of the world. I mean, his first sermon was, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing that people will be healed, prisons will be opened, the year of Jubilee is here. And this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing, and that was Luke 4, that was in his hometown, and they wanted to throw him off the cliff. So he's been at this, now we're in Luke 8, right? He's been at this even after in his hometown they wanted to destroy him, they wanted to kill him. So he's doing God's will. Some some of you might know what this feels like. You're stepping out into God's will, and your family's like, you're going where on Sunday morning? What? You're weird. What are you doing? You're reading your Bible? What's wrong with you? And you have family members that are opposed to you doing God's will. Stay faithful. Don't stop. Here's Jesus his very family, his very mom is outside the crowd, and they're like, hey, you know you got to calm down. And he's like, who are my mother and my brothers and my sisters? And he answers it, and here it is. My mother, my brothers are those who hear the word of God and then do it. So, just that statement alone Would you be able to say that you're Jesus' brother? Would you be able to say that you're Jesus' sister? 
because you hear God's word and you do it. Because guess what? The land is too full of people that come and sit in a chair on a Sunday and hear the word of God and go about and do nothing. Do you understand? We need life application. This scripture into my heart transforms me. And I drop pins. I want to tell you, When I go down this list of if you are a doer of the word, when I go down this list, I've done it all wrong, just as I said. But we have a great healer. God is that healer. If you're confronted with God's word today and you feel a conviction in your heart, run to him because if he's convicting you, he will also heal you. 1 John 1.9 says that if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. Yes, we get this? 1 John 1, 9. So if you're confronted with the word and you need a place to go, go to him. Okay. The word comes to the hearers, and then the only ones that are mothers and brothers are the doers. You know, this morning at 8 o'clock, I said brethren and sisters. And yes, you don't have to adjust your hearing. The women are like, did he just call me a well? Am I retaining water? <laughs> That's a cistern if you didn't. Okay. All right. So listen up, cisterns. <laughs> oh, God's good. Okay. If we're going to bear the name of Jesus, all right, brothers and sisters, if we're going to bear the name of Jesus and we're going to be the image of Jesus, Jesus has opened up the door for everybody to come in. He will call you brother. He will call you sister because you have the Holy Spirit in you. And there is a division line in every heart and every soul, including mine, that this body, this, this mind and this heart was just a sin factory. That's all there was to it. I was born in sin. I was conceived in sin. I ran after sin. I, my default setting is sin. And this body and everything that I am only produced sin. And then Jesus, I heard the gospel that he loved me right where I was. Not because of the righteous things that I have done, but because of his great mercy, he loved me. And he sent me his spirit and he washed me clean. And now he's asking me to give all of myself over to his word and I could become a fruit factory, producing fruit for Jesus Christ. And this is not fruit that we can do on our own at all. This is spiritual, heavenly fruit that glorifies God. Those are the ones that hear the word and do it. And if you're a hearer and you want to be a hearer, there's three things that the Bible, we're going to bring out and talk about that you are going to be different in, all right? The first one, if you're going to be a hearer and a doer, the first one is your body. Even in Acts, the Holy Spirit was just being poured out. The, the Jews were so excited that Peter came back to him and they said, hey, guess what? The Gentiles are even receiving the Holy Spirit that we were promised. What should we do? And they, they got a council together. They got a meeting and they said, guess what? We got to tell the Gentiles 
Stay away from sexual immorality. Your body. It's not for, meant for it. The second thing we got to do is tell them to restrain from anything offered to idols of blood and blood sacrifice. Those are the two things that all Gentiles should know. Your body. When Christ steps in, it is no longer yours. It is his temple. And you could, you could judge me. You can look at my temple and say, okay, it's not the fittest temple. Why would Jesus choose it, right? We can all just say there's something wrong with our temple. But when Christ steps in, he makes it pure and he makes it holy. No matter if you've been down the road of sexual immorality and the wrong things, run to him. There's healing. He can transform his first miracle, water to wine, right? I was so disappointed because I was an alcoholic. I'm like, well, why would you make that? Why would you, you know, can't we do water to like Mountain Dew? Wouldn't that be good, you know? Monster? I don't know. They're, the more I say, the more they're going to cut off our feed. So I got to... I was disappointed, but I realized if I don't go to him, I don't get the transformation. He takes my sin factory, my body, and transforms it into a fruit factory for God. Something ordinary to something extraordinary. And God's the only one that can. Your body is not your own. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Oh, every part, every, every part of your body should glorify God. You do not own it, and I know that in our minds we think we do. Again, I'll say he's the healer. If you're confronted and you have not given your body to him, run to him. He can make it pure and holy. In fact, he says that about his church, right? We were all sin factories. And he says that when we run to him, he washes us, he cleanses us, he makes us pure, he makes us holy, he makes us blameless without reproach to God so that he will present us a chaste virgin to God. That's his church, that's you and me. He makes us holy. I can't do it on my own. But I got to turn it all over to him. Romans 6.13 was how it started to break in my own life. He's, Romans 6.13, you can turn there if you want. It says, do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And your members to God as instruments for, or for righteousness. You got two things church, family, two things. Present your body to sin and unrighteousness. Present all of your members to God for his righteousness. What factory are you going to be? Because we're all producing something. 
We're all producing it. And you know what? Even as a Christian, I could say, God, I want to be your fruit factory that's producing love and joy and peace and kindness. And you know what? Even this factory fails. And I have to remember 1 John 1, 9. Go, confess. He purifies. He washes. He cleanses. He's the healer of every infirmity. And then kneeling before him, presenting everything right back to him. Do you know uh, this is the restoration that everybody needs? Every flesh needs the Holy Spirit in it. Every single one of us to be his temple. Go with me to Romans 12. I'll give you the page number in the chair Bibles, but Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, we're going to read 1 and 2. Romans 12 says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Did you hear that? Your bodies as a living sacrifice. That means every day, every moment you wake up, you present your body to God, a living sacrifice. You present it, you present it, you present it, you keep presenting yourself. Present yourself. And you know what he says? This is just your reasonable act of worship. That's it. We want to worship God every day in our homes, every day in your life. Present yourself to Him. Present yourself to Him every day, every moment, every day. Present yourself a living sacrifice. And I know we say it over and over, but you know what's wrong with a living sacrifice? It keeps crawling off the altar. It doesn't want to be there. And we fight that in our flesh. Like, I don't want to be under your holy knife that you're cutting things out of me and away from me. And I'm a living sacrifice and you're cutting things open. And this is the word of God that's sharper and quicker and powerful than any two-edged sword. And it pierces the soul and the marrow and the joint. And I don't want to be under it because I don't want to be under the conviction that I'm not my own God. I'm not my own person. I'm not my own. And this is the truth. He bought you with a price. You were purchased not with silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Yield. Submit. Bring yourself under his authority. And I fight. And I'm like, no, I don't want it. And he says, this is the best for you. And you're in the same battle. But he's the great healer. He knows we get it wrong. He sees what we've done to our bodies. He knows we're not holy. But he loves us because of his great mercy. And he saved us, not because of righteousness we've done, but because of his great love. Church, if you could see the God that I see, he loves you right where you are. Even in your brokenness. And he's calling. And through me, he's screaming. But he loves. 
an amazing God that knows every part of my heart, every part of my mind, every part of my soul, and He knows how broken we all are, and He still chooses to love you. He still chooses to accept you and me and the whole world if we would just come. He's a great healer. We do get it wrong. He says to his mothers and his brothers, the ones that hear and do are the ones that he will call his own mother, his own brother. So your body is the first one. If you have Jesus, something's different in your body. You know it's not yours. The other one is your mind. Something's going to be different in your mind. You know why? Because the lustful desires, the wrong desires of this world, the whole world is seeking to control your mind. If you don't believe me, just try putting Candy Crush down for one minute. Try putting Facebook down for two seconds. Try not to use your phone for two weeks. Fast from your phone. See how crazy you go. You know what? Let's go another level. Fast from food. It just got real. Like John Welch is looking at me like, no. I'm with you, brother. Yeah. Do you know we will sell so much to get one morsel of food when we're starving? We're so fickle. <laughs> Jacob, right? This is what my wife said for Mother's Day, so now I'm going to go there. She said, can you preach about uh, mothers that just did horrible so we can all feel good about ourselves? <laughs> so we started talking about, well, yeah, we started talking about horrible mothers. And you know, it was uh, Jacob and Esau's mom. Have you made goat's hair skin for your son, for your blind father to rub and give a blessing to? Right? Have you lied and deceived your husband lately? Ladies, you're doing a bang up job. If you're not making goat's hair and knitting it together, you're doing good. <laughs> now I lost what I was going to say. My wife, okay. Start. Hopefully, mothers, you are doing good. Jacob sold the birthright for a morsel of food. God knew it. They made some porridge, Right? And, and this was the agreement. I'll give you my birthright. Just give me something because I am starving. Do you know that's how weak we really are? Try it. Report back to me. I know in my own life, I realized I would compromise everything I had just for a piece of gum. I've tried it. I'm so weak. Vulnerable. I cannot even push this world aside for more than a week or two at fasting. I have to partake in something. This is why we pray before a meal. Lord, we're about to walk outside of the Spirit. You tell us to only walk in the Spirit or the flesh, and we can't do both. Father, bless this food we're about to receive for our flesh because it is weak, it is sissified, it is horrible. And bless this time as we partake in our flesh to come back to your spirit. This is just our mind, and it's still transforming the body. The carnal flesh, the fleshly desires that are in here, the Bible says they're no good, they're death. 
telling you, to desire anything of the world, including people, girlfriends, boyfriends, children, other than Jesus sitting on the throne here, is going to be death and misery. Only Jesus sitting in his proper place inside your heart, your mind. In fact, we read it in Romans 12, 1. We talked about spiritual worship. Look at 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Did you hear that? The worship is laying your body down. Your mind needs to be transformed, and that's all our reasonable act of worship every day, saying, Lord, I'm not my own. I'm yours. Lord, I know that this is what I want to do, but I must trust you and follow you and what you say. So, if you're going to hear and do God's word, the first thing is your body, the second thing is your mind, and now the third thing, you ready? Your will. Wrestling out your will. I could tell you that I've gotten this so wrong in my past where I even, uh, <laughs> I even was humbled by the Lord to just talk about the will, the times record when it still existed. Uh, there was a pastor's perspective. I've only been in that column once, and I talked about the will of God and submission. And you know why I was only in it once? is because then also in the court side, I was in there for a speeding ticket. So those... Do you know that those two didn't match up, right? So submissive to all authority is what I was going for. Um, that was the last time I had one. Uh, okay. Just to share this with you guys. I had it wrong. I looked as submission as a police officer with a gun and a badge with all the authority all the power saying freeze, right? And this is the sign of submission, right? But how many of you know that just because I have my hands up, my heart and my attitude can still be off? Like, yeah, put that gun down, sir. We'll wrestle, right? <laughs> yeah. No, this wasn't my last, this was not me being arrested for speeding, okay, guys? I'm now on to an analogy. Some of you didn't move with me. I can see some of you are like, I can see an officer coming at me. All right, I'm going to keep my eye on you. This, this was my view of God and his authority. I'm going to squash you, squelch you. You have, I mean, I have no, I just resist. In here. I have all the signs of submission, but I'm totally resisting and rebelling in here. And I realized this was so off in my brain that God in Proverbs talks about a woman of wisdom who is just standing afar off and saying, anybody that wants wisdom, come on in. I will teach you. I will give you knowledge. And I picture it like my grandma with a plate of cookies. Do you want to willfully come in and talk? And you know what? This is where our will is like, I don't want to wrestle with a God of authority. I'm going to rebel but when he says, if you want life, do you want to come in and talk? I must willfully submit 
his kingship. There's no more rebellion in here then. And that's when it broke me. You know when it finally broke me? I was a rebel against religion, against church. I didn't even want to be a part of it. And I was rebelling against all that my parents were teaching me. And you know what I found out in the Word? Rebellion is the same to God as witchcraft. And it broke me. And I'm like, Lord, I'm rebelling against you. I'm your enemy. And humbly submit and run to Him. I say this for the kids. Old Testament, if you're a rebel, the Old Testament Jews, they didn't put up with it. If you won't listen to the authority of your parents, they would hang you in the street center and every, uh, every person would stone that child. That's what they did with rebels. I'm glad I did not live in the Old Testament because I would not be here today. True story. Giving God your will. Church family, have you turned it all over to the control of Jesus? He says the ones that are his brothers and sisters are the ones that hear the word of God and they do it. Think about this door that Jesus is opening for all of us. Hearing God's word and applying it. Hearing God's word is making us a brother or sister, a co-heir in Christ. We're the same with him. We're seated in, hev- seated in heavenly realms with him. Every spiritual blessing is ours in Christ Jesus. We get all of these benefits just because of his great love. Not because of anything we've done. Young people, I'll say it this way. Young people, it starts with your parents. Submit. Yield. They have been put over you for a purpose. Young adults, Jesus is your spouse. You don't own your body. Don't give it away. It's his. Young-minded adults, Jesus is your everything that pertains to life. Sell out for him. Everything. Where else can you go? And then young at heart adults or older folks, Does Jesus have your all? Because at every level, whatever you are, you could give your all right now. We could call each other brothers and sisters. God is so good and he is such a good healer. Even if you're broke, run to him. Body, mind, and will completely turn, completely That's a new word. Completely turned over to him. Let us bow our heads and close our eyes. The band's going to come. As you have your heads bowed, I'm going to read you one more scripture. This is the will of God. That you would live the rest of your life in the flesh no longer for human passions but for God's will. Hear that, church family. Hear that, mothers and brothers. Live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for the human passions, but for the will of God. 1 Peter 4.2 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your truth. We, Lord, we thank you foremost for your healing. Because the truth is, is none of us are perfect. None of us have gotten it right. And Lord, I've failed you in every way, but I thank you that you're a healer, a purifier. But first, Lord, I had to have the breaking. So Lord, if there's breaking in your house here today, rush in with your love and your healing. If there's conviction, Lord, call deep to deep where your Holy Spirit goes in and brings restoration. Forgive us, Lord, where we have failed. We confess that we are your people and we don't always bear your image. Heal us, wash us, and send us back out into the world to shine your light and to share your wonderful love, your wonderful gospel. We love you. We thank you for your words. We thank you for your piercing. And we thank you for your great healing, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, we're going to sing, Are You Hurting? Are You Broken? The altar's open. You can stand. Come and lay it all down, no matter where you find yourself. Even if it's just rejoicing for his purity, rejoicing for setting you free once again. We're going to close with the song, but the prayer team's up here. And even after the song, the prayer team is here for anybody that wants help. Let's sing.